Hello, friends, and welcome to the 111st episode of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick in Halifax. He's Justin out in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. My God, spring training baseball has started, and I'm already addicted. Justin, <laughs> we've got a lot to talk about today, but how do you feel now that baseball is back? It feels good. Um, watching watching hockey's been great and all, but it's baseball season. It means that spring is around the corner, and we're going to be able to watch uh, 162 games this year, a regular full baseball season. I couldn't be more excited. Yeah, I am so excited. I mean, it was it was rough. It was rough, you know, last year uh, yeah, going rough. through everything that we did. Uh, and it seems like we're on the other side of, of the pandemic now. People are getting vaccinated. And uh, it, it looks like uh, baseball, they, they have a, a plan. So perfect. Very happy about it. Um, so as usual, check us out on twitter at bfmd podcast you can also check us out on all of your podcasting favorite websites as i pick my cat up and throw him off of my pc uh you can check us out on bye freddy sp- yeah, get out of here freddy um you can check us out on spotify <laughs> itunes google play or google podcasts youtube play uh stitcher anchor we're everywhere, everywhere that you can find a podcast, we're hanging out. Um, pretty spectacular start to the uh, to spring training. There's a lot to talk about, but uh, Justin, you're going to drive the ship. So uh, let's just get right into it, man. I am super hyped. I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah, so baseball's back. We got to watch the Blue Jays uh, beat the Yankees 6-4 today in Tampa at George M. Steinbrenner Field. The game was on Sportsnet, but of course it was the Yankee uh, broadcast feed. And <laughs> besides the like the in-game interviews with the Yankee players, which which is cool in spring training to do those interviews, they actually gave the Blue Jay uh, Blue Jays a fair amount of talk. They talked a lot about how they spent a lot of money signing Simeon and and, and Springer. Um, how they talked about how uh, the young core is really coming together. Um, they even gave Anthony Kay a bunch of shoutouts in the in the first couple of innings as he looked really good in, in, in his spring debut. Um, yeah. For you, Patrick, pick pick three guys who stood. Who are your three stars of the game for the Blue Jays today? We'll, we'll do a little hockey Ooh. reference here to start off. That Put you is on the spot right away. That is a great question. Look, I, I'm just gonna say my number one star today was Anthony Kay. Yeah. Um, you know, starting Who, by the off, way, I predicted last episode he was going to start today, and then he did. So that's right. I was very surprised <laughs> after the fact. Um, Hatch has no action the first two games at all. Uh, very surprised. Uh, but that being said, get back to Anthony K. Uh, he went two innings, did not give up a hit, did not give up a walk, did not give up a run. Yeah. Uh, two strikeouts, which was probably what was expected. Um, watching Anthony K. Deal. He was he had stifled some of the the more prominent hitters at the top of the lineup. He stifled LeMahieu, Judge, and Torres to start the game, uh, and he continued it in the second inning uh, against Voit, Sanchez, and Frazier. And I was yeah. really really impressed, uh, especially the strikeout against Torres. Uh, he made him look fool- foolish with uh, an upstairs fastball. Um, this is what we need to see from Anthony K. He's one of the few lefties we have, right? Um, yeah, well, he, lefty he, starters with with like we got Ryu and Ray, obviously, and Stephen Matz. But in terms of like prospects, yeah. Anthony K is 
if he if he turns out to be really anything anything great, he would be a, be a huge uh, added win to that Marcus Stroman trade. Obviously, Simeon Woods Richardson looks to be the the main prize there. But uh, obviously, yeah. to jump in here on the K talk too. Um, one thing that was mentioned uh, by Keegan Matheson at Keegan Matheson on Twitter, friend of the show. Uh, he's actually down in Florida now, so we get some uh, in person perspective from Keegan, which is nice. Uh, he was mentioning that K was uh, topping out at 97 on his fastball today, uh, averaging mm. around 95, when last year he was averaging about, I think it was 93.8 on the fastball. So velocity's up a little bit, so maybe a little bit stronger this year. And yeah, like you mentioned, uh, went through the, the the meat of the Yankee lineup, a lot of their regulars in. Really the only regular he didn't see would have been Stanton instead of uh, Frazier. But I mean, struck out Sanchez and Torres and then got a couple of weak ground balls and yeah, it was, it was really nice to see a, a strong debut from Kay. Uh, if he has a great spring, he's going to put a lot of uh, a lot of questions for Blue Jay management if some of the guys ahead of him in that rotation depth chart yeah. struggle a little bit. He might work himself into something here, yeah. Uh, my second star is going to be Jonathan Davis. Uh, he got okay. hit by a pitch uh, in the first... Was it the first inning? Uh, it would have been the second s- inning. The second or... Yeah, the second inning. It was the second. Okay, yeah, that's right. Um, I just re- I remember. Yeah, uh, he was King hitting the pitch in the second. He being two guys uh, in the first two innings, and I was like, yeah. all right. <laughs> uh, anyway, Jonathan Davis uh, got Bean, and then he stole a base, and he looked great. Yeah. Uh, and then he was also able to to pick up a uh, a two out RBI. Um, yeah, th- this guy. I know he's not a prospect anymore, and I know that we already have four in or outfielders. Um, obviously somebody has to get traded. Otherwise we're, you know, we're going to be paying Randall Gritchick $10 million to be a bench <laughs> player, which is really strange. Uh, but at 28 years old, this could be Jonathan Davis's chance to be the fourth outfielder. If he has a good, uh, a good spring training, Justin, do you think that, uh, the Jays organization will feel more comfortable trading away Randall Gritchick, knowing that Davis uh, is starting to figure out what to do with the plate. His career average is 232 at, in uh, only 82 at bats. Um, is this it? Is this the end of the runway for Jonathan Davis? Yeah, obviously he he has no options left. He could go to the taxi squad, um, but I'm not sure if they have to pass through waivers to go to the taxi squad after spring training or what the deal yeah, is there. But if we do. Um, have to send him down we'd have, we'd have to dfa him before for him to pass through waivers he could elect free agency or report to AAA if he's not claimed yeah um yeah if if randall gritchick is not traded then then it is the end of the runway for jonathan davis unless we're planning to keep five outfielders on the active roster which is possible i mean he's an elite defender we've seen him make so many highlight reel plays like catch of the year yeah. candidates in in those limited time that he's had right he's he's been all over the field um but at the same time, yeah, there's not much runway left for him, uh, for sure. Who's your third star? Third star, um, it's a toss-up. I'm going to say Logan Warmoth. Yeah. Uh, just because, uh, even though Rowdy Telez went two for two with two ribbies, uh, Logan Warmoth uh, hit that absolute taco mm-hmm. uh, in the seventh inning off of Goody. Uh, it was just a, a solo shot. But Logan Warmoth is a guy who absolutely fell off a cliff in terms yeah. of uh, prospect Blue Jays' <laughs> depth, de- uh, depth chart and prospect watch. Um, I'm not sure. It probably A lot of it probably had to do with the fact that his season was lost to the pandemic. Um, yeah. But he's 20, 25 years old. 
there's still time for this young man to have an opportunity to play. I don't know if it's necessarily in Toronto, but if he has a strong uh, spring training, you know, maybe he kicks off uh, 2021 in AAA, uh, or maybe he is packaged with someone like Randall Grichuk uh, and gets a fresh opportunity somewhere else where they need a shortstop. What do you yeah. think? What do you think about Logan Warmoth? Worth noting that Logan Warmoth was picked as 22nd overall the same year that the Jays took Nate Pearson at number 28. So he's actually picked six spots ahead of Pearson. Um, And he's shown some flashes in the minors. He had a couple of great stints over the 2017 uh, and 2019 seasons where he'll hit like 280 or 300 for like a long time. Then he'll go off a cliff and just hit like a, 050 or something for a while uh so for him it's been a it's been really a a consistency battle his strikeout numbers are pretty high like just looking at his minor league stats again it's tough to glean too much from a low ranking minor league stats but if your strikeout rate is high that usually translates into uh a patience or a vision problem um but yeah i i've always been hoping that this guy would would turn out obviously another middle infielder i know he's played uh mostly second and and short but i believe he can play third base as well too if needed uh he's a guy who yeah he needs just like kevin smith another guy who was in the game defensively today uh needs a big a big season to like reclaim some sort of capital in in terms of prospect value in a a future with this organization or he's a guy that'll be shipped out of town pretty quickly um my three stars much the same as yours i'm putting anthony k at number one i'm actually gonna bump warmoth up to number two uh and i'm actually gonna throw boba shed at number three uh, Boba Shett had two walks today, scored a run, and both of his at bats were eight pitches. So, rare, rare, rare patience from Bo. Uh, the first inning he was down 0 2 and battled back uh, to draw the walk. And then I believe in the second, or was it the third, uh, third inning again? I can't remember when his, when his second at bat would have been. Um, I'm just trying to look here. I can't remember, but anyway, it was uh, it was a two eight pitch at bats, which is very unbow like. Uh, one note for me: uh, Biggio swung at the first pitch of the game, which I thought was crazy for Cavan. Then he ripped a double later, but it was nice to see some aggression and some patience from uh, the guys you wouldn't expect to see either of those traits from. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Like, I'm very impressed overall with both the regulars that played today as well as the. Uh, the guys who, who came in the game, you know, a little bit later, uh, yeah. there wasn't really a terrible amount of offense generated. Uh, but I'm just, I'm very pleased to see more of these guys get their shot. Yeah. Um, also, let's let's give a shout out to the uh, to the back end of this game, uh, Castro, Murray, and Baker. They were yeah. all they were all great in relief of Waggis Pack, who really struggled today. I don't want to pile on Waggis Pack because I'm still a fan. I still think he's got something. Um, for sure. Very rough uh, outing for him. He didn't even give up a walk. He just gave up three hits, and uh, eventually it just, you know. Yeah, he was not locating well. I, I have in my yeah. notes a couple of no- a couple of things here. I, I've got uh, that Zoic was not overly sharp today. He gave up some hard contact to LeMahieu and Judge. Yeah. Uh, and it was lucky that they weren't uh doubles because <laughs> a couple yeah. of nice line drive catches in the outfield and then obviously yeah Wagus pack was uh to quote patrick tossing muffins yeah. um 
was tough. But yeah, besides that, like Castro's a guy who I think the Jays grabbed from Detroit in the offseason. Yeah. Doesn't have a ton of big league experience. But from what we saw today, it was it's nice to see. It might be another another nice depth arm. Uh Joey Murray's a guy who we were Patrick and I were talking just before we started recording. Uh he's a guy who's had some some great stints as a starter in the Blue Jays Marley system. Um he's 24 now. He's pitched with Vancouver, Lansing, Dunedin, and New Hampshire. So everything from short season A ball uh, to double A. And it should be noted that he went from Lansing to Dunedin to New Hampshire in 2019, all in the span of, of one season. Moved yeah. up three levels, which is which is something. But obviously the Blue Jays probably view him as a, as a reliever now. There's just too much starting depth in the organization to leave him as a starter. And uh, one thing that we can note, uh, spin rate, everyone's favorite new phenomenon in baseball. Uh, another tweet from our boy Keegan. Uh, the average spin rate on a major league fastball is 2,308 RPM. Blue Jays prospect Joey Murray averaged 2,742 RPM over seven fastballs in, in today's game, and he topped out at 2,973 RPM. Um, high spin rate creates like a rising fastball effect, which is especially valuable on high fastballs. Yeah. Uh, one like Murray's allows him to create lots of swings and misses on those high heaters that guys love to chase. Looks like it's coming right at your eyes, and you just want to clobber it. So, uh, it's interesting that uh, that he's able to generate a well above average spin rate. It means there's just not much drop off. That's a very very straight fastball. I got some weird stats for you from today's game. Sure. Uh, take from it what you will, but I think a huge factor when it comes to shutting down the Yankees, who did kind of throw like their best lineup at us uh, right away mm -hmm. uh, for whatever reason, uh, no walks, no walks conceded yeah. by Blue Jays pitchers today. Um, obviously. That's how you win ball games. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, there's not really any ambiguity about it. But uh, looking at the pitchers uh, and what they were able to generate in terms of strikes, uh, K through 25 pitches, 17 were strikes. Yep. Uh, Zoic, 23 out of 30 were strikes. Waggis Pack, 14 out of 25 were strikes. Castro, 6 out of 7 were strikes. Murray, 6 out of 11 were strikes. And Baker, 12 out of 15 were strikes. Nice. Um, some of those, obviously, uh, Wags Pack had a little bit of a rockier <laughs> road uh, than uh, what you would want out of a guy who only threw a third mm -hmm. of an inning. Uh, but seeing Zoik and Kay throw 25, 30 pitches and seeing more than you know two-thirds or close to two-thirds of their pitches as strikes, it's they were very aggressive, especially yeah. against this lineup of... Like they had, Lemayhew was in the lineup. He had two at bats. Judge had two at bats. Torres had two at bats. Voight had two at bats. Sanchez two at bats. Frazier two at bats. I mean, obviously, um, who cares about spring training games? Uh, and obviously, these guys they wanted to let them get out there and get a rip in. Um, yeah, eight ground they, ball outs versus only five flyouts today as well too. So keep kept the ball on the ground for the most part. It was Brantley who did the most damage out of uh, everybody, and Brantley <laughs> yeah. was uh, replaced uh, Kirinos after uh, his first at bat. So, you know, I, I'm just really impressed with the with the level of aggression, considering the fact that, again, the Yankees, for whatever reason, in the spring training game, threw out like their best, their top six hitters. Um, not that we didn't, but it yeah, was no, just kind it's... of it was surprising. It's nice to see aggression at the beginning of the spring. You never want to come into spring with a, a laid-back approach. 
lots of these guys are, are playing for playing time. Obviously, the Biggios, the Samines, the Bichettes, the Guriels, and the Guerreros are fine, but Telez, Jansen, Palacios, and Davis are fighting for uh, AAA and, and MLB playing time. Guys like uh, Warmoth and Young and Forrest Wall, Jordan Groshans are fighting for uh, levels assignments as well, too. And obviously, the pitchers, throwing strikes is always a big thing. Pete Walker talked after last season when the Jays were among the leaders in walks that that big focus was going to be just strike throwing, just being aggressive and going after people instead of trying to like be surgical and nitpick a little bit. Um, it, it's it's really good to see aggression. I, I I'm always a fan of teams who are aggressive. Uh, taking walks is boring. Uh, it, it has a place, obviously. We saw Bichette and Samin both both take some walks today, but. Uh, at the same time, the Blue Jays had uh, four of their um, RBIs were with two outs today. So Tellez with a couple, Warmoth with his home run, and then Davis had a two-out RBI as well. So nice to see that that aggression paying off uh, with, with two outs as well. Yeah, this game could have gotten more out of hand. Um, oh, big time. Jay, four Jays hitters. Runners in scoring position. Yeah. So all of, our, all gonna... of our hits, except for one of them, I guess, was uh, with two outs. <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, I was going to bring up the runners in scoring position, but also the fact that uh, the team left on base uh, was nine. nine. 19, uh, 19 people left on base, apparently. It, well, it was 19 well, lob team per left individual. on base, nine, yeah. You're right. Team lob was nine, while team lob for the Yankees, Yankees only two. And they were only 0 for two. 3 with the runners in scoring position. They're, obviously, they had the home runs with the off latest yeah, pack that led time- to. Uh, three of their runs <laughs> a timely hit or two and uh this would have been like a 10 to 4 10 to 4 game yeah and uh, only, was, only seven innings too right so yeah and there's only one error and it was in the first inning and it was uh it was not the Lopez. first it was uh it was later on in the game it was in like the sixth or something like that was fifth or sixth? sixth okay yeah it was after the replacements came in it would have been like around the fifth inning somewhere yeah, I need to learn how to read a box score. That um, one next to the error is... Uh, yeah, that means like, it was his first, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think there's much else for us to say about this, except I love the fact that baseball is back. Um, there was an attendance for this. Uh, there were 2,600 people at Steinbrenner Field, yep. which is not even close to capacity. No, they said 25% capacity. Yeah, and uh, you could tell that uh, groups were who came in together sat together um but everybody was pretty significantly socially distanced some some maskless folks i noticed uh yeah but i mean florida take man. that when you're when you're sep wheel well, i mean it's an outdoor field yeah. uh and if you're sitting with a group of people that you already sit with i don't know whether or not you sh- i'm not sure of the science exactly yeah on whether or not there's a benefit i know what mlb's uh, policy i believe was mask wearing unless you're eating or drinking yeah, and that's the but, way it probably should be. Um, well, they're not. That's Florida policy. <laughs> it's another story. Yeah, they I don't, overhead shots, and there was definitely a lot of people on beaches in Florida. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't want to get in too much to to the weeds, no. except to say um, like I believe the Jays said, are going to limit um, TD ballpark to fifteen percent. Is what I heard. So it won't be as as many people in attendance as there was at at Steinbrenner Field. Yeah, and I mean, we've said before on this uh, on the podcast, uh, wear your fucking mask. That's yeah. our wear your, that's our that's motto. Our policy. Yeah, <laughs> as long as there is a uh, a pandemic going, just just wear your fucking mask. Uh, yeah, whether it's indoors, outdoors, uh, you know, whether you're going out on a date or whatever, just just wear your mask. 
any, any final thoughts? Do you want to? No, I, I'm, I'm pretty set. Um, I was looking for the lineup for tomorrow, but I can't find it for the life of me. You know right what? Now. All right, here's here's I've got a couple of like lightning round questions for us to think about sure. uh, as we as we wrap up. Uh, who would you say out of uh, all the players who played today who are not obviously going to be on uh, the 26 man roster? Who who should we look out for most? Anthony K. Any, you don't think he's going to be on the 26 man to start? No, the season? because I think if he doesn't make the rotation, he's going to be starting in AAA to get more more reps. Yeah, he's not a guy who needs innings. to be a bullpen taxi squad guy. He's a starter. So I think we would win more games if we had him in the bullpen. But yeah, hard to say. Uh, but long long term, he's <clears throat> got to start. I think if we start to struggle um with starters he'll be one of the first call-ups he both yeah. he and zoic i think will will be guys who will would be the, among the first to get call-ups <clears throat> even though zoic didn't have a great day yeah um my pick of guys who i we think we should really pay attention to uh who aren't obviously going to be on the six man um jordan groshans uh i was impressed with him uh he almost saved uh, the Lopez error. Um, I mean, he bobbled it himself because he was bobbling a bobble. Yeah. Uh, but Groshans, I'm interested to see whether or not he will get any playing time at a position other than shortstop. And the reason why is because we have so much shortstop depth. Mm-hmm. And I, I understand Groshans is already a top. He's already a top 100 prospect, isn't he? Yep, he sure is. Yeah, so I mean, I, I'm wondering if we'll see him at third. Uh, but either way, we'll I would see Austin Martin in a game sooner, probably sooner than we think. Yeah, uh, I think with Groshans, he's even though Martin probably has the higher ceiling, um, I think Groshans is probably further along for sure. May, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Groshans probably start double A, at, uh, maybe triple A. It just depends double on the a, season for sure. Double A, but um, I think we should we should look out for him, uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, what do you think? Who who out of the uh, the non twenty six man? Or no, I already asked you that. It's yeah, but a couple couple notes to add in. Um, all games through Thursday are going to be seven innings per Charlie Montoyo. George Springer mm-hmm. is going to make his his debut on on Tuesday at DH. Uh, tomorrow mm-hmm. starters for Monday are Robbie Ray, Nate Pearson, Jordan Romano, Ryan Brecky, and some Zuleta. I don't know who that is. Um, okay. On Tuesday, we'll have Mats, Chatwood, Meza, Castro, Cole, and Tice. Castro was not supposed to pitch today, but he had to pitch because Vegas Pack was a, a big yeah, oof. Whoops. So that Tuesday's schedule might change to be somebody else. Maybe a Hatch will get in there instead. But we'll see uh, Robbie Ray and Nate Pearson along with Romano and Baraki tomorrow. Four guys who are almost locks for the roster, barring injury. And then on Tuesday, we'll have Mats and Chatwood, who are probably locks, followed by maybe tim Meza, who could be a guy to, to watch for uh cole and and ty tice as well um mm. yeah so there's some some interesting some, some nice uh pitching matchups going on the next few days so seven inning games a little bit shorter it's kind of nice to have seven, seven inning games in in spring because the, the games do feel like they drag a little bit when they don't really mean too much um and also there's just so many defensive replacements. It's hard to keep track of who's actually in the game. So that's also a thing too. <laughs> uh, let's breach the uh, the topic. I know I don't really want to talk about this too much. Um, 
who has the most to prove? My, for me, I just want to get this out of the way. Danny Jansen was over three today with a strikeout. Yep. Uh, he left four guys on base total himself. Yep. Um, look, if he had hit a single and then had a run scored, we'd be, it'd be a different. We'd be singing his praises. So the difference between, you know, him getting dumped on today and him, you know, us being like, oh, he's gonna be fine, uh, is you know, one swing of a bat and coincidental, you know, contact. So sure. I think he does have the most to prove. Uh, especially because Alejandro Kirk could could rise up very quickly, uh, and he yeah. may end up being our backup catcher. Uh, Reese McGuire's days might be numbered, uh, and then we have a ton of catching depth behind him in our prospect pool. But what do you think about Jansen today? Was there anything that you were kind of eh? You wish you had seen something different. Uh, no, yeah, but you're, you're totally right. Danny Jansen definitely does have the most to prove. Um, obviously, he's he's probably gonna, he's going to be on the team to start the season because they're not going to trade him over Reese McGuire. If anyone's gone, it's Reese. Um, yeah. But Alejandro Kirk has to push one of those two guys to less playing time. He's got to have a great spring too. Um, it, it is worth noting too that even behind Kirk, we've got Gabriel Mourinho, who is. Uh, our, our number eight prospect on MLB Pipeline, and he has ETA as 2022. He's 21 right now. Another pretty short guy. He's only 5'11", 160. So he's kind of like, he's only three inches taller than Kirk, but he's also 100 pounds lighter than Alejandro Kirk as well too, which yeah, is a, a sm- yeah, a smaller build. So he'd be a little yeah. bit faster, <laughs> but he's, uh, he's not big. He's not a big boy like Kirk, but I'm he's, interested to, to he's see He's a guy to watch this year in the minors for sure. Uh, him and Miguel Geraldo, who was one of our, international free agent signings yeah. a few years ago. His, his ETA as a middle infielder is 2022 as well. It's going to be really interesting to see. We've got a lot of guys on the on our prospect list with, with this year and next year ETAs. Obviously, some guys like Kirk and Pearson have already debuted, but there are other guys like Alec Manoa, Samin Woods-Richardson, Martin, Groshans, Martinez, Mourinho, and Geraldo. Adam Klofenstein has a 20, <clears throat> 20, 2022 debut. And so is Eric Pardino. So there's a lot of guys that are ETA in the next like in the next year who we're gonna have to watch out for. So this this team's gonna get crowded real quick. But having that prospect capital is gonna open up the potential for some trades to bring in some more guys as well, too. So you could see some of these high-ranking position prospects move for pitching as well. Uh two questions for you before we wrap up. Yep. First question is uh how much do we see Orelvis Martinez during spring training? Uh, would you say a little, a lot? I'd say very, very little. Um, mm-hmm. He's hasn't played above rookie ball. I'd be shocked if we if we see him really at all in a game. To be honest with you, he's nineteen, so he's yeah, he's a young buck, and he I think he's probably looking. He'll probably start with Vancouver this year. Yeah, I'll uh, definitely start there. He won't start any higher than there. No, no, no. Um, but it'd be interesting to see. I think the Fisher Cats are going to see so much transition. Yeah, it'll be one of those years year. for the Cats, like when Vladdy and Bo and Cabin were there a couple of years ago. Just like just rapid fire graduation and promotion. Yep. Because we have so many guys who have a 2022 ETA and they're just like hanging around Double A. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's a lot of prospect capital to work with. Uh, the other question I had was. Uh, how much do we see uh, Adam Klopfenstein in spring training? 
I would say mm-hmm. not much either. I mean, he's another guy who hasn't pitched above Vancouver, which was short season A ball. So um, I would be shocked if we see much of these guys in games, maybe maybe split squad games. I don't know if they're even doing split squad this year. Probably not with the COVID protocols. Um, and that's, be, yeah, I guess that's, that's interesting. probably the, the split squad will be gone most likely this, this spring. That was a question that I wanted. I I was going to bring up, and and that's kind of I haven't like, seen that on the schedule anywhere. So I I would be shocked if there are split squad games just due to the fact that we're only playing a handful of teams anyway. Yeah. So it's kind yeah. of interesting. We're out, we're you know we're nearing the uh, the the turnoff uh, turnoff lane for the pandemic, but we're we're also baseball is still going to have to continue to deal with. Yeah, uh, the fact that uh, it still has a minor league system that has to be sorted out and you know dealt with, and then you've got all these players uh, that I brought up that normally we would see in a regular year playing split squad games, not getting split squad games, and it's weird to me to talk about players who have an ETA of twenty twenty two and think about like are yeah, we no, going to see them a no lot split squad training? games on the schedule. Yeah, and and that's the thing is like, obviously our big hitters they're probably not going to want to take too many games off. Yeah, and in just spring training, so it's just another lost opportunity for some of our prospects to get. Yeah, and reps. to note, our the teams we're playing in spring are going to be the Yankees, the Pirates, the Phillies, Tigers, and Orioles. Just five teams we're going to be playing all of our spring training games against. Yeah, and there was fine. even some talk that the Jays. As the spring goes on, they're probably going to try to avoid pitching a lot of their regular starters against the Yankees and Orioles because they're division opponents. So you'll probably see guys like Kay and Hatch and Merriweather start against those those two teams, Yankees and Orioles, just to keep guys like Ryu and, and Pearson and Ray away from them. So they don't. So the first time Yankee batters see those guys is in the regular season, which is smart, I guess. The gamesmanship. Yeah, I don't know if it makes it'll make much of a difference. To no, probably you, not. But I mean. But I mean, it's still uh, it might keep it a little bit off balance. <laughs> Dude, baseball's back. We it's finally back, Patrick. We finally get to watch some baseball and talk about baseball. And the last like four months has been so boring. You know, like getting to November and then like there's no Jays. You know, we didn't we didn't really get anywhere in the playoffs, and then I don't know the holidays kind of suck the life out of baseball anyway and then january just kind of sucks and then yeah. now we're back though you know there's a lot for us to talk about in the upcoming weeks but what i'm really excited for is going to be that like episode that we do right before the regular season starts where we're going to make all our predictions and we're going to talk about uh like how we want to set up uh, all of our episodes now that we're sort of expanding our recording schedule yeah what i don't know man this i this is the most excited i've been for a baseball season since 2015 for sure i'm with you there um it's worth noting that as of now the next time we'll see a jays game on sportsnet isn't until march 12th just because they aren't they don't have a broadcasting down there it says that so the, the tweet from the jays was that uh sportsnet will broadcast a minimum of 10 blue jays spring training games which is starting today so i think they're probably working to get more opponent feeds perhaps uh it has that, to be because dan's yeah. tweeted out that he's not going to be in Dunedin no. at all no so. they're gonna be doing remote broadcasts again 
Um, and I believe that Sportsnet is one thing we should touch on quickly. Uh, Sportsnet is not doing radio broadcasts this year. Oh, yeah. They're simulcasting oh, the TV feed onto radio, which is becoming the only Major League Baseball team to do so. And they're one of the only Major League Baseball teams who is owned by a media conglomerate. Um, it should be noted that the Angels are also owned by a media group in, in SoCal, and they are broadcasting every single spring training game this this spring so on both cheap. TV and radio. Uh, it's so cheap. I, it's, it's it's a it's uh, a travesty to be honest with you. As yeah. somebody who who worked in radio for a couple of years and is friends with a lot of radio people, including our our old co-host Clayton, of course. Um, radio is radio is one of the industries that was hit hardest by COVID in the media. Obviously, we saw these TSN layoffs like Dan and, and uh, uh, Natasha Stanislavski as well. But um, radio was like axed. Like TSN shut down a lot of their sports radio stations. Bell Media is trimming a lot of theirs as well too. And Rogers becomes the the next uh, company to do some some trimming on their radio as well. And it's it's an absolute nightmare to be honest with you i mean as good as as good as dan shulman and buck martinez are at what they do tv and radio are just incredibly different things when you're on tv you can you can stop talking for a while you can let people watch when you're on the radio you have to describe everything that's happening if charlie montoya looks mad in the dugout there's no cameras on a radio you can't see that if brett gardner is slamming the top of the dugout with the, Yan- the yankees dugout with his bat like he did last season a couple times or two seasons ago and having an absolute tirade and and aaron boone's telling t- them his guys are uh, fucking savages in the box <laughs> you, you can't you can't see that on radio <laughs> you gotta you gotta describe what's going on so the fact that uh obviously they got rid of mike wilner which i don't want to get into wilner i'm not a huge fan of the guy but uh, he was on the radio uh, they're keeping Wagner around, but he's not going to be doing any play-by-play, so I'm not sure what his role is going to be. Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping this this situation is short short-lived and that Rogers goes back on what they're doing because that's it's it's a nightmare. The only MLB team without a dedicated radio feed, and they own a, they're owned by a media company. Yeah, I feel like they're going to walk this one back. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to wait. We'll have to wait and see we'll have to that. hold tight and, and see what happens. But it's, it seems like a cheap decision, very very poorly thought out. There's already negative backlash. I mean, people already hate Rogers for a billion different reasons. Uh, yeah, this just kind of throws another reason on top More of the gas pile. on the fire. Yeah, it's just a huge mistake. It uh, is. Uh... But yeah, that's know. that's kind of it. <laughs> that's all we got to talk <laughs> about for today. We we stretched a seven inning spring training game into thirty minutes of content. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, hey now, come on, we're excited, we'll, we're excited. Yeah, we'll be back this week. We'll we'll have we'll have some more games to review, some more news. Hopefully, no injuries to talk about, uh, and we'll we'll get an idea by next week on really how this team is starting to shape out. We'll see who's been performing well especially on the pitching side the offense i'm not too worried about obviously but pitchers are where it's going to be there's a lot of question marks the rotation is going to be rounded out the bullpen's got to fill out so there's going to be some some question marks that'll be resolved as the next couple weeks roll along uh after um the middle of march i think all games become either seven or nine innings they could even be five innings if if teams agree to it between between now and the middle of march but i think most teams will opt for seven five's a little too short uh yeah. but that's really all we've got for, for, for today uh remember to follow us on twitter at bfmd podcast 
listen to us on Anchor, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker, Breaker, Podbean. I don't know, whatever else is out there. Uh, for Patrick Marsh out in Halifax, Nova Scotia, it's Justin Anderson here in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, saying see you next time.